on. There we go. Wow. Good morning, everybody. I think some people forgot to set their clock. Yeah, plus it's, uh, I think it's spring break in some areas, isn't it? No? Not yet? Uh, okay, I don't know. I don't have kids, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I do, but I got grandkids, and I got a grandbaby, great-grandbaby on the way. Wow. Isn't that crazy? How many of you know I don't look that old? Right? How many of you know I don't look that old? All right. I know where you live. <laughs> All right, I want to welcome everybody to Metro Believers Church. We're so glad you're here today, and uh, if you're a first-time visitor, I don't know if we have any, but if you're looking for a place to call home, we'd love to have you. Um, we uh, want to welcome our live stream audience. I know some of you out there just woke up and maybe realized that you forgot to set your clocks, and to you we say, we hate you, because <laughs> 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 you got an extra hour's sleep, right? Um, no, welcome. We're so glad that you joined us. Um, hey, I, I want to say for those of you that serve in ministry or on one of our schedules in one of our teams, um, you should have received, maybe if you didn't get it yesterday, you'll get it tomorrow. Um, you should have received an invitation for our Dream Team Banquet brunch that we're going to be doing at the Hilltop um, coming up on the 22nd of March, immediately following church. So, uh, at one of our recent uh, executive team meetings, we, we, we were talking and someone mentioned, why don't we have it like at a brunch time so that people that live on the east side are somewhere else, not close to the west side, can just come to church and then go have lunch and do that, do it that way. And so I thought it was a great idea. So we decided to do that. So um, the ushers are going to pass out clipboards. This will give you an opportunity to RSVP um, as a shortcut without having to circle back to the office and let them know. Um, so if, even if you didn't get yours in the mail yet um, and you know you serve on a team, um, we want you to go ahead and sign up because you'll get it this week for sure. Um, so we're just glad we can do it. It's our opportunity to honor all of our volunteers that make, you know, the dream. We call it, uh, you know, teamwork makes the dream work. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It's, it takes a lot of people to pull this off. And so um, we're just glad that we can do that. We want to have a brunch together and just celebrate um, you and thank you for all that you do as a way that we can show our, our appreciation. So, Clipboards are going around. Plus, if you don't have one of our outlines, slip up your hands and they'll get you one. Um, there's usually one in your guest packet, but there's also an additional one available if you need it. So, well, you know, we've been looking at um, winning the battle of the mind. Uh, I don't know about you, but this is one of the largest areas in my life that creates the greatest challenge. Um, does anyone know what I'm talking about? This whole thought life thing, this whole mind game thing. Um, and so we're, we've been talking, this is actually part four of winning the battle of the mind. And uh, we've been looking at the life and the mind or the thought life of the Apostle Paul. I think it's a pretty good uh, guy to look into. We found out that just like all of us, the Apostle Paul, I mean the big apostle struggled with his thoughts sometimes, struggled in the area of his mind. And he went through some difficult seasons um, of confusion and some difficult seasons of lack of clarity perhaps. And um, in case you haven't heard, the theme for this year at Metro Believers Church is the word clarity. And I really want to encourage you to embrace that word, um, clarity, that, that God's going to give you clarity in your life. God's going to give you clarity of some of the things that you've been confused perhaps about or dealing with or struggling with. Um, this is the year what? Come on, help me now. This is year what? 2020. And when you have 2020 vision, you have clarity. You have good vision, right? And that's, that's sort of the way the Lord spoke to me this year was just that whole 2020. I was looking at the year one day and I, saw, I felt like the, the year spoke. It's already, it speaks already, that God wants to give us good vision. And 
accurate vision. And so the Apostle Paul struggled with that sometimes. And so then over time, as he persevered, and that's what you and I are called to do, we're called to persevere, amen? And over time, he, he mastered his thoughts. He learned how to get a hold of his thoughts and how to reel them in and how to, how to you know, put his thoughts in the proper order. In fact, our foundational text that we have been looking at over the last few weeks is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, um, verses 3 through 5. And uh, I want us to look at this together again and read it, uh, go through it together. Um, you can read it out loud with me if you'd like. Um, you're, you're welcome to do that. It says, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have what? Divine power to demolish what? Strongholds. And then it goes on to say we demolish, in other words, these strongholds are dot, dot, dot. We demolish arguments and every pretension or lofty thing, one translation says. I think that's the New King James Version. Um, lofty things or arrogant things, one translation says that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take, what? Captive, every thought, how many? Every thought, and make it obedient to Christ. Wow. What, what a powerful area of Scripture. This, this text is a game changer in our lives. I just want you to realize that. I want to point that out. Um, Today we're going to be talking a little bit about how to train the brain, and next week we're going to talk a little bit about how to reframe the brain, okay? So just the, the whole idea of how to train the brain, and next week how to reframe the brain. And so, so far in this text, um, we've learned some basic principles. First of all, and you can look on the screen, first of all, we're in a, we're in a war. How many of you know that we're in a war? When you said, Jesus, come into my life and be my Lord and Savior, you, you just enlisted. <laughs> Whether you know it or not, you're in a war. It's not the kind of war that we see out there, you know, in other countries and all that kind of stuff. It's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual battle. And therefore, it demands spiritual warfare, okay? So we have spiritual warfare that we need to engage in. So we found out that we're in a war. Next, we found out that we don't fight. Like the world fights, we don't we don't do it. You know, we don't we don't fight like the world fights. If you have an argument, you're in a big you know tiff at work. Bible says that we don't wrestle against what flesh and blood, but against what principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places, right? So in other words, there's a different kind of war going on around us. And if we try to fight like the world fights, then first of all chances are we'll lose. Second, we'll ruin our testimony. How many of you know that's an important part of your life as a believer? That the way you communicate and the way you conduct your affairs and the, and the way you live your life out and the things you do and don't do, that, that's important. That's your testimony, okay? And it's important that you preserve your testimony. And you do it, you live your life in a way that's holy and acceptable for the Lord, see? Why? So you can preserve your, your testimony. It goes on. Another thing we've learned is we have divine weapons. <laughs> and then we found also we have divine power, right? We have divine weapons and we have divine power or dynamite to demolish strongholds. Then we've also found out that a stronghold is literally a prisoner locked by deception. It's someone that's in prison who has been locked there by deception. In other words, chances are it's not true. That we've believed a lie. How many of you know what I'm talking about? We have believed some lies. And as a result of believing lies, we find ourselves in prison. We're locked in a prison by the enemy because we believed a lie. That's a stronghold. When the scripture talks about a stronghold, that's what it's talking about. You are in prison. <laughs> and then we last found out that we must take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Well, how do we make them obedient to Christ? We make them obedient to his, what? His word. That's what it's talking about. 
We make it obedient to his word. Now, we know that our thoughts are incredibly powerful. There's often this war going on on the inside of us, and, and the war is generally won or lost in our minds, in our minds. And so we have been building, if you've missed a few of the last couple of weeks, we've been building on certain building blocks, if you will, okay? And it's important when you're building on building blocks to know what those are. And so here are some basic principles or assumptions that we have learned or leaned into, and here they are. First of all, the life that you have is a reflection of the thoughts that you think, okay? So just think about the life that you have right now and realize that that life, whether you like it or not, <laughs> is a reflection or a mirror of the thoughts that you have allowed to become foundational in your life. Now, you can change that. That's the good news is that doesn't have to stay the same. Here's another principle we've been building on is if you don't change the way you think, you can't change the way you live. It's all dependent upon the way you think. And so the good news is you can change the way you think. Here's another principle we've been building on. Our thoughts are lazy. How many of you know your thoughts are lazy? <laughs> I don't care how disciplined you are, your thoughts can still get lazy on you. And most of the time, it'll take the path of least resistance. Here's another principle or a foundation block that we've been building on. It's the battle, the battle that we've been talking about, it's the battle between God's truth to you and Satan lies about you. Satan's lies about you. See, God has a, a, a promise and principles from the word that speaks to you about who you are in him. Amen? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. See, God speaks to us about who we are in him, and the enemy comes along and tells you, no, you're not. Who do you think you are, Mr. Big Stuff? You know, it, it, it's, it, it's his lies about you is what he wants to do, is he wants to twist and turn and manipulate the things about you to get you back in prison. So any thought that is not consistent or inconsistent with the truth of God's word, we take it, we grab it, and we make it our prisoner. <laughs> Did you hear me? We take it, we grab it, and we make it our prisoner. Let me make this statement and listen to it closely. We are not a prisoner to the lies. The lies are a prisoner to God's word. Did you hear me? We are not a prisoner to the lies. In other words, you can allow the lies to put you in prison and lock you up, or you can take those lies prisoner and make them, you know, a prisoner to God's word. Come on, someone say amen. amen. So here's another statement that I'll make today for the first time, is the freedom that you will enjoy is contingent on the thoughts that you think. Your freedom, how many of you want to walk in freedom? Think about an area in your life that you're, that you're struggling with right now. And it's really messed with you. It's really, it's really cause some major problems in your life. Think about that. How many of you want to be free from that? Well, your freedom is contingent or dependent upon the thoughts that you think. That's why you have to wrestle through that. It's, it's not an easy process. Believe me, I was up at 4.30 this morning wrestling with some thoughts. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? You, you, you just kind of I woke up out of a sound sleep and, and boom, got smacked in the face with like two or three bad thoughts, just, just negative, you know, way out there. And, and I, you know, I could have easily let them just take root and start to move my life in that direction, but I decided I was going to fight. Everyone say fight. Turn to someone and say, hey, fight, will you? Yeah, fight. So, so decided to fight and wrestle with those thoughts with God's word over the next two and a half hours or two hours before I got up. And so, listen, Satan's greatest game plan is to get you locked by deception. It's his greatest tool is to lie to you. 
is to tell you things that aren't necessarily true, but listen, will become true if you let them. See, they're not necessarily true, but will become true if you let them put you in prison and lock you up. Then they're sort of a self-fulfilled prophecy. And uh, there's a chain reaction that occurs in our lives. Stephen Covey kind of laid that chain reaction out. I think it's in your notes there. Um, but he said, he said this, so a thought, now think about this, so a thought, reap an action. So an action, reap a habit. So a habit, reap a character. So a character, reap a destiny. In other words, our thoughts are the fabric with which we weave our destinies. I mean, think about that. It all starts with a what? With a thought. It all starts with a thought. Now, some of you have walked into this place and you've had about 50 thoughts that should have been taken captive today already. <laughs> you just, that just thoughts about you and to you and about circumstances and situations. And some of you, some of you had a thought you should just stay home from church today. Come on, let's fess up. Anybody, anybody think that thought today? Anybody? All right. Yeah, I got like three people with their hands up. Four or five. Okay. The rest of you just polish your halo. Go ahead. Just go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we, we, are in, we are in a battle for our lives and destinies. Amen? We're in a, we're in a battle for our lives and destinies. Yeah, I mean... Let me just say this. Uh, for example, the, the only difference, a couple people you'll probably recognize their name, the only difference between Mother Teresa, how many have ever heard of her, and Adolf Hitler, how about him? The only difference between those two people were the thoughts they embraced and how they used them to build the foundation of their lives. Think about that. I mean, one was motivated to help and one was motivated to hurt, all because of the thoughts they embraced. And, and, and you and I are capable of the same thing. The thoughts that you and I decide to embrace and allow to filter into the lives that we live and build a solid foundation, good or bad, are all tied to the thoughts that we think. And the Bible encourages us to fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Fight the good fight of faith. See, the enemy is constantly dragging you and I down. He's lying to us to put us back into prison. And he's got all of us trained to know how bad we are. Right? I mean, you're well acquainted and you're very familiar with how much of a knucklehead you are. You know? How bad you are, all your mistakes and your warts and your whatever, okay? Um, and all he has to do is, you know, pull your chain. Just say, the, say those things and off to the races you go. And he gets you, once again, he gets you to, you know, go back into the pit and put you back into prison because you have bought the lie. You've bought some of the lies. See, he, the, the Bible tells us he is a liar. And he's the father of lies. And he's constantly telling us lies. Now, last week we learned that the brain is, a, is constantly changing based on neural pathways. And whenever we have a thought, our brain is literally redesigning itself around that thought, whatever that thought might be. And every single thought creates a neurochemical change in our body. And what happens is the more you think a thought, the more you're creating what scientists call neural pathways in your brain. Your brain literally creates a path. Kind of like, and I illustrated this with my dogs last week, kind of like, kind of like you know, walking across you know, the grass constantly, nonstop in the same spot. You constantly create a path in the grass. In the same place, you're creating this path. Now, when it comes to your thoughts, think about that in terms of your thoughts now, okay? When it comes to your thoughts, the more you think a thought, the easier it is to think that thought again, okay? Why? Because you're creating this path. 
And that's the, that's the way you want to walk because you've created this path. In fact, if you think that thought enough, that thought becomes your default in your brain. It's the go-to. It's the thing you relate to. And it's the thing you go to quickest. If you tell yourself you don't have enough, you'll never have enough, no one in your family has ever had enough, you know, you, you've created a pathway in your brain, you know, to never have enough. And it becomes a self-fulfilling what? Prophecy, see. And so you've created your future based upon the thought patterns of your past. And so, you know, you have to learn how to reel that in and how to understand that I may be struggling a little bit right now, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, and I've never seen the righteous forsaking nor his seed out begging bread. I mean, that's how we start to understand the neural pathways and how to change our brain. See, you create what we call negative neural pathways. And in order to change your thinking, you have to change the path that you are thinking on or your thoughts are traveling on. So, for example, if I've got nothing but a negative path, I have to stop and say, wait a minute. That thought is not helpful, it's not productive, and it's not from God. Let's all say those three things together. That thought is not helpful. All right, let's say it. That thought is not helpful, it's not productive, and it's not from God. Can we say those three things one more time? That thought is not helpful, it's not productive, and it's not from God. Now, if we're disciplining our mind and if we're, we're teaching our, our mind a different train of thinking in terms of training our brain, those words should come out of our mouth repeatedly throughout our day. Because I know we're no different. And I know if I have that kind of junk rolling around the inside of me when my whole life is this stuff, Chances are you do, <laughs> right? And you have to fight the good fight of faith, right? And you have to learn how to, you know, capture your thoughts and make them obedient to his word, right? So, therefore, we, you know, when we, when we all of a sudden have those thoughts, we, you know, this, this thought is not helpful, it's not productive, and it is not from God. We're capturing those thoughts, and I'm choosing a different thought pattern, and I'm creating, as a result, a new neural pathway. Amen? And, and that's what you want. You want the grass to get beat down over the word. Did you hear me? You want that to be your default. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. So let me give you three things real quick um, to do when you have a thought. When a thought comes to you, and you know it's not from God, it's there in your notes. First, check this out first. The first thing you want to do is talk to yourself. Yeah, talk to yourself with stuff like, wait a minute, what are you thinking? Right? It's okay to do that. Wait a minute. I can't tell you how many times a day I think that. I have that thought. And I say that. I talk to myself. Just don't answer yourself. <laughs> And don't ask yourself to repeat the question. <laughs> you kind of need to go somewhere, all right? Um, but the first thing is you talk to yourself. Wait a minute. What, what are you thinking? What are you thinking here? Can we all do that? How many of you can do something like that? Yeah. All right. A second, a second. So first of all, you're going to talk to yourself. Second, you're going to talk to God. You're going to talk to God. And you're going to ask yourself, you're going to say, what does he have to say about this? Talk to God, and, and then third, you're going to talk to the devil. Yeah, you're going to talk to the devil, and you're going to say, it is written. And we'll read that passage if we have time in just a few minutes. Uh, you're going to say, it is written. And so those are the three things. That's just an exercise that I walk through. You know, when a thought comes, and I know it's not of the Lord, I know it's not of God. I know it's negative. It's critical. It's fault-finding. 
you know, it's messing me up. It's not good. It's not healthy. It's not productive. It's not of God, okay? And so I talk to myself. I talk to God. And I talk to the enemy. Romans 12, 2 says this. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That's a word where we get our word metamorphosis, okay? Be changed from a caterpillar into a what? A butterfly. Be changed, be transformed by the what? Think about that. How do you get changed? How do you get transformed? By the what? Renewing of your mind. So what is the measuring stick? And this is where we left off last week. Philippians 4.8. It's the cheesecloth, as it were, like I said last week. When I say cheesecloth, if you ever made jam, or probably a lot of other things, I can't think of anything yet or right now, but jam, you, you push all the, you know, the, the liquid through the cheesecloth so that you get all the impurities out, okay? And I'm probably saying that wrong, but something like that. And so it's the, it's, the, it's the thing that you use to, to get rid of the impurities, right? And so this is it. And dear, and dear brothers and sisters, one final thought. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. See, Paul, Paul literally says, train your brain. Train your brain. Train your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. He says it's important for you to think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on those things. And in the King James Version, it literally says if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, he uses the word what? Meditate on these things. Everyone say meditate. Meditate on these things. Why does that matter? Why? Because once again, we're building on basic principles. What are those basic principles? Well, here's a few more that we've been talking about. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. In other words, there's a magnetic pull. There's a magnetic pull in your life along with or in concert with your strongest thoughts. They're pulling you. Did you know your thoughts are taking you somewhere? Wow. That's a, that's a, that's a, a mind blower. Another principle. If a thought comes into your mind, eventually, eventually, if you don't check it at the door, so to speak, eventually it will come out in your life. It's another principle. Here's another principle, building block, if you will, is you cannot have a positive life when you have a negative mind. It just doesn't work that way. Your thoughts matter so much because your thoughts are shaping you. And here's a verse that we talked about last week, but there it is again. Boom, there it is. Be careful, Proverbs 4.23, be careful how you think because your life is shaped by your thoughts. So if you don't control what you think, you will never control what you do. It's inconsistent. It's impossible. If you don't control what you think, you will never control what you do. Because you, if you are going to change your life, you've got to, here's a new word, train your mind. If you're going to change your life, you've got to what? Train your mind or train your brain, if you will. I like things that rhyme, as you see. <laughs> so the big idea, everyone say the big idea. Big idea today for our talk is training our minds. It's training our minds. Training our minds. See, train, training your mind is very similar to training your body. If, you know, for example, if I go to the gym, you know, and I'm, I'm you know, doing curls, what area of my body am I training? My what? My biceps, okay? Yeah, I'm training. See, I'm training my biceps. Well, let me go. Let me just show you a picture of this last week's workout I did. Yeah, that's that's me. But somebody put a different face on there. You know how that works sometimes. Photoshopped a different face. Yeah. So, yeah. So if I work, 
if, I, if, I, if I'm doing curls, I'm, I'm literally training or exercising, right, my biceps. I'm, I'm focused, and we got people in the church that do this boot camp thing. Um, some, some of them at 4.30 in the morning or whatever. It's crazy, crazy, you know. Talk about your mind needing help, right? <laughs> um, so... See, yeah, and so if, you, if you're training your body, you know, you, you, you focus specifically on a particular body part, right? And it could be your legs, could be your biceps, could be your, you know, your glutes, you know, all that kind of stuff. You're focusing on a particular area of your body. And if I work on my mind, I'm training my mind toward God's truth. And, and here's the other thing. In order to be truly healthy... In order to be truly healthy, it's not just what I do with my body, it's what I put into my body. See, it's not, it's not just what I do with my body. In other words, I, could, I can work out all I want, but if I don't, you know, start putting good things into my body, I may have big stuff, but have an unhealthy body. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? The same is true with your mind. To have a truly, listen to me, a truly God-centered, healthy mind. It's not just about what you do with it. It's about what you put into it. What are you putting into your mind? Because here, here's the principle you need to know. What goes in must come out. What goes in must come out. It will, it will come out. So how do you train your brain? A few minutes we have left here. How do you do it? The best way to train your brain is to meditate on God's Word. Yeah. Meditate on God's Word. Meditation literally means to engage in mental exercise. Remember, we're talking about, you know, exercise the body. And the Bible actually says, you know, that it's profitable to exercise your body. It's not as profitable as exercising your soul. All right? So it, it's fine that you do that, but meditation literally means to engage in mental exercise. It's to focus our thoughts. Thinking about, you know, just the whole provision thing, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. We can meditate on words that, that speak to that, and so on and so forth. Let me give you a couple of scriptures just on meditation, and then we'll move on. Psalm 119. I meditate on your precepts or your word and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. How many think that needs to be a prayer for all of us? I will not neglect your word. God, I'm not going to do it. And here's the deal. Listen to me. Satan wants you to neglect God's word. He wants you to get so busy that you don't have time for God in his word. And he'll accommodate you every way he can. He knows your weaknesses. He knows the right button to push and lever to pull to get you so busy that you just don't have time and therefore neglect God's word. Well, the psalmist says, I will not neglect your word. And I think that's a, that's a promise that all of us need to make. Psalm 143 says, I'll meditate on all of your works and consider what your hands have done. Now think about, think about that. Has anyone ever had God do something for you? When's the last time you really thought about that? Psalmist says, I will consider what your hands have done. When's the last time you really gave thought to all the good things that God has provided for you? You know, it's the old song, Count Count my blessings. Come on, name them one by one. Count your blessings, what God has done. Count your blessings, count them one by one. Count your many blessings and what God has done. Whatever the words are. That's all I know is count your blessings. How many of you know that's important? You may say, well, that's an old song. No, that's, there's nothing new under heaven. It's the truth. It's still truth. Yeah, and I think we get so busy in our lives that we forget to do what the psalmist said, and that is to consider what your hands have done. 
Consider how often God comes through for us. He shows up, even in the midst of turmoil and confusion and chaos and heartache. He's still there, amen? When we say stuff like, God, I'm thinking about your truth. I'm thinking about your presence. I'm thinking about your goodness. I'm thinking about your works. I'm thinking about you. I'm meditating on you, God. I'm meditating on you. See, Eastern meditation tells us to empty our minds. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about filling our minds with God's truth. When we talk about meditation, you have to be very careful. I'm not talking about getting your mind clean or clear of not anything. I'm talking about filling it with something that's powerful. It's our divine weapons. Remember that? The Word of God is one of our divine weapons. Here's another word about meditation. Joshua 1.8. Keep this law, the book of the law, always on your lips. In other words, continue to say it. Continue to say it. When's the last time you spoke out loud? a verse from from the scriptures. Check this out. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. How often? Day and night. So that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then this last part is is a wonderful promise. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Can I get a good amen from those that want to be prosperous and successful? Yeah. You do. We all want that. But the writer tells us how it happens. And sometimes we're just not willing to do that part. And then we get ticked at God because he doesn't do his part. We're not, we're not prosperous and successful. See, when my mind is not focused, it doesn't typically drift towards the truth. It drifts towards the lies. How many of you know what I'm talking about? When you're not focused on a particular verse or some, something God's done, you start to drift into, I can't, I won't, it won't, it, it will never happen. Can't, I can't, it won't, it's not. You're not good enough. You'll never measure up. Who do you think you are? Why do you even bother? No, the Bible tells us to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. See, scientifically speaking, I'm creating a new neural pathway. But spiritually speaking, I'm letting God's truth renew my mind. And I'm not believing the lies, I'm embracing the truth. Did you hear me? See, here's what I challenge you to do. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. Let me say that again. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. When's the last time you wrote a verse down or a thought from God down? When's the last time you thought it? When's the last time you confessed it? See, when you do those three things, when you write it and you think it and you speak it or confess it, then you'll start to believe it, just like you do all the other things that you do. Let me apply this to what we talked about a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, I gave you an assignment. And uh, the, the, the two things I asked you to do was first... Identify the number one stronghold that's holding you in prison or holding you back. Remember that? How many of you were here for that? Okay. You're supposed to identify the number one stronghold that is holding you back. I encourage you to name it. Why? Because you cannot defeat what you cannot define. You cannot defeat what you cannot define. And second, and second, I encouraged you not only to name the stronghold, but then to name the truth. To name the truth that demolishes that stronghold. In other words, go to the Word of God and find the Scripture that speaks to that particular problem. And learn how to speak God's Word, His truth, to the lies that the enemy is trying to tell you, right? And then, then meditate on them. Um, The Bible teaches us that that Jesus did that. I want to show you how to do that in the few minutes we have left, okay? The Bible tells us that Jesus actually did this. In Matthew chapter 4, this is not in your notes. Let me just read it off the cuff quick, and then we'll, then we'll talk about a couple of verses and be done, okay? So Matthew chapter 11, you can open your apps if you want so you can have it marked um, or turn there in your Bibles. Matthew chapter 4, I'm sorry, did I say 11? Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Here we go. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. 
So some of you probably feel like that. You probably feel like you've been, you know, tempted by the devil in some area, all right? And so maybe you can relate. Maybe you weren't fasting for 40 days and 40 nights. That's fine. But you feel like you've been tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, notice, you'll, the, the tempter will always come to you in areas of your weakness. In this particular case, Jesus was hungry, okay? And so he said to him, he said, if you're the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. In other words, you're hungry, <laughs> you're weak in that area, make some bread, all right? And Jesus answered, what did he say? Come on, let's all say that together. Jesus answered, okay, Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. It says this, if you're the son of God, he said, Notice, he says, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written. Now he takes the word and twists it, okay? He says, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in, his hand, in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him. He said those three or four words again. What did he say? It is, it is also written. It's four words, okay? It is also written. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this will I give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for, what's those three words again? All right, I want all of us to do this together. For what? It is written. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And the devil left him and the angels came and, and attended to him. Now listen, I think if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. That's right. Amen? If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. So how do we deal with temptation? How do we deal with frustration? How do we deal with disappointment? How do we deal with the enemy trying to put us in prison by the lies that he speaks about our lives and about our future. How do we do it? There's three words. Can anyone figure out what those three words are? It is what? It is written. It is written. Okay? So let me, let me finish up here. Got a couple minutes, five minutes. The worship team can come. Let's take, it's in your notes. These are in your notes. And I've listed, I've listed the areas of concern problem areas that are, are pretty common to most of us, and then the verse next to it, okay? Let's take the, the, the idea of worry. Anyone ever dealt with worry before? Let me see your hands, okay? Yeah, pretty much everybody. All right, so you got this thing, worry, worry. That's, that's what hit me last night, okay? 4.30 in the morning, I wake up, boom, worry. Boom, worry. I have this thought, this thought, this thought. So I could have just wrestled, you know, all night thinking, yeah, that's true, yeah, that's true, yeah, that's true, yeah, 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 what, oh my gosh, what, am, oh, 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 you know what I'm talking about. And instead, I started thinking about God's word and wrestling with the enemy with God's word and meditating on the word. And Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, don't worry about anything, but, and everything, what's that? But don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he's done, Remember? Count your blessings, name them one by one. So I started thinking about how God's come through and how he's always been there and how he's never failed us and how this and how that. And tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then, then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And I just started letting that roll over. I was exercising my mind because I was focusing on God's truth. Do you hear me? Just like I, I was focusing, I was exercising my biceps. It's about all I can do. <laughs> um, you know, doing curls, I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on my biceps. You don't want me to take your shirt off, just so you know. But I was focusing my biceps. I mean it. <laughs> um, I, was, I was training my biceps. I was exercising my, listen, the same thing is true with our minds. When you start to worry, don't just let yourself go and worry more. Capture your thoughts. 
train your brain to the Word. And you have to be disciplined about this. You have to realize that when you get a thought, as soon as you get that thought, go, whoa, 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 wait a minute here. Talk to yourself, right? And then you talk to God and say, God, what, okay, what does your word say? If you don't know what God's word, if you haven't hidden God's word in your heart so that you might not sin against him, then get up wherever you're at and start looking those verses up. You've got version. How many of you got version on your phones or your tablets? Yeah, most everybody. Just look up the word. Find every single verse in the Bible about worrying or about whatever you're dealing with and go to some of those verses and just start thinking about them and thinking about what God says instead of what the, the enemy's trying to lie to you about. And you start to think about it and meditate on it and then you start to claim it. You write it down, right? And you believe it. You trust God with it. And another verse, feeling like you're a failure. No, go to Ephesians 3.10 where it says, for we are God's masterpiece or workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. When you start to feel like a failure, say, no, 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 no. Can you do that? Can you say that? No, 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 no. No. No, I am God's workmanship. I am God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. And you start to speak God's word out of your mouth and train your brain. See, that's how you do it, by meditating in God's word. But you say, well, that's too much work. Well, I'm sorry. If you don't want to do it, you'll never experience the real transformation that God wants you to experience. He's giving us, every, we talked about this a few weeks ago, he's given us everything we need to live a life of godliness and holiness. It's all at our fingertips. And it's easier than ever. We've got the word with us everywhere we go. So all we have to do is apply it to our lives. That's the problem. We choose not to. See, our minds are lazy. Our thoughts are lazy. We take the path of least resistance. It's just easier just to put up with it. But always remember, your thoughts are taking you somewhere. Are you pleased with where your thoughts are taking you today? Let's stand to our feet. Some of you deal with this fear issue. It's a, you're afraid. You're afraid of a lot of things. Afraid of failure. Afraid of being alone. Fear of intimacy. Fear, we could name so many different fears. The Bible speaks to that. 2 Timothy 1.7, For I have not given a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. See, if you, if you start to find yourself in fear over your future, Grab that verse and ring it out. Ring it out. God, you've not given me this spirit of fear. But you've given me a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. God, you're bigger than this fear. Amen? There's all sorts of things in here. God wants you to be able to overcome some stuff. You've been in prison far too long. God wants to help you come out and be free. And your freedom is contingent upon the thoughts that you think. Father, help us. Help us all. God, this is just not one another message, another series. This is life-changing truth. Help us to use some of these building blocks that we've repeated over the last few weeks just so we get it. We get it. They become established and rooted and grounded in our hearts. Just, just something that we hear, it tickles our ears and off it goes. God, we get it for real. Our lives are a product of our thought life. 
Father, I'm praying that you would visit each one of us. Personal level and challenge each one of us to take some spiritual inventory and ask ourselves some difficult questions. Allow your word to become real to us. Be willing to pay the price for ultimate freedom, God. You already paid the price. All we need to do is step into that. Thank you, Lord. Today, I want to pray for anyone that just feels like you've struggled with this. You you know what you need to do, but you find yourself doing the opposite many times. You know that you've got thoughts that are destroying your life, but you haven't done what you know you need to do with those thoughts. I want to pray for you. If that's you, slip up your hand. Wow, all over the room. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you. God, those hands are just simply acknowledging a heart condition, a discipline condition. And God, I ask you for my brothers and sisters, each one of us, that we, we would experience your grace, your mercy, and your power in these areas of our life. That somehow, God, that you would deposit what we need on the inside today. Well, the best we can do is fail miserably on our own. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. So we choose to believe that today, God. The greater one indwells us. We, that, may, that gives us the power and ability to do all things. And the enemy right now is even lying to people saying, ah, it'll never change for you. Why, why even raise your hand, you hypocrite? You know nothing's going to change. We take authority over those lies in Jesus' name. Terminate every assignment sent forth by hell to destroy God's people. And we pray for freedom in this place. New, fresh vision today, God. Father, touch our lives. Fill us with your grace. Help us to know and see and believe that we can indeed change the course of our lives through your word, cleansing our minds with the truth, overcoming Satan's lies. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just take a few minutes and worship him before we go. Thank him for all he's done.
my life and my song. Sing it out. And I As I trust you, oh, I trust you, Father, I'm letting go to give you everything, everything and nothing less than my best. my every breath God my life and my song we surrender we sing I surrender I surrender all all to you all to you Jesus and I my every breath, 
you've heard the term spiritual warfare. This is spiritual warfare. That's what we're talking about here. Spiritual warfare. The Bible says that his word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Fight with God's word. Amen. It's a uh, our hands for the benediction. I encourage you to be back next week as we talk about reframing. If any of you have a pair of blue blockers, sunglasses, bring them with you. Maybe not. But if you do, they were in the big rage about 25 years ago, maybe 30. Father, thank you for all that you've done today. Thank you for giving us a new picture. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you supernatural peace. Amen? God bless you. Thanks for being here today. See you next week.